Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for $2.49 a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today, or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Hi, I'm Matt Lee. And I'm Vince Mancini. And this is Pod Pod Yourself The Wire. A The Wire podcast where Vince Mancini and I go through every single episode of The Wire and And talk talk about about it. it. Thank you so much once again for listening to the world's only The Wire podcast. The Wire, a show about how drug dealers also have a professional managerial class. Um... Give us a five-star review on all of the podcast stores that exist on your phone. Um, And uh, while you're at it, why don't you um, follow us on the Reddit? Go to the subreddit, r pod yourself the wire. That would be sick. And then you can talk about the wire with all your your friends. Do you ever go to Reddit, Vince, at all? No, not really. I mean, sometimes people send me links. Yeah. It's a fun place. Good for them, though. I mean, you know, everybody have fun. Have fun out there. (laughs) You're such a dad. (laughs) You're just like, hey, uh, not for me, kids, but you enjoy listening to the Koreans sing boy band songs. That's what it sounds like when you talk about anything. That's that's you describing K-pop to your kids. Which I have done. Have you? No, but I want to now. Yeah, I mean, at some point, son, the Koreans they like to sing, and they you know love what? it. They're good at it, and it's the South Koreans specifically. The Northern Koreans, watch out! They, they also do. like to sing, but but about only patriotic songs. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, although I would listen to, I feel like a North Korean K-pop band would be mm-hmm. fucking dope. But they like, call it J-pop, but the J stands for Juche. A Juche pop, yeah, mm-hmm. dude. I would listen to J-pop. Like I, I think because you know that they're really singing for their supper, <laughs> you know. Yeah. What I mean? Well, <laughs> you know, and the 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 topics are more real to them. You know, they're doing it for the love of the game. Absolutely. And, and not going and the love of eating. The, that's the game. The game is eating. Um. I also side note. I don't believe any of the propaganda about North Korea that you hear in the news. I think they all have full bellies. Mm-hmm. All right. Today, we're going to be... <laughs> moving on. <laughs> moving on. Today, we're talking about Season 3, Episode 5 of The Wire, Straight and True. And today's guest is uh, just a hilarious podcaster and fantastic Twitter account who, uh, we, you know, I, I meet people on Twitter and I'm like, this is a, this is a good person. Uh, and, uh, so this person has a great podcast called Western Kabuki, ladies and gentlemen, everyone else, Caleb, AKA bird respecter is here. Hey guys, how's it going? Sorry, that was the wrong button. Good, good, good. So do you mean bird respecter in like the, in the animal parlance or is it more like a British thing? Like, no, definitely like birds. I, uh, like when I was a kid, I wanted to be like an ornithologist and study birds in college and stuff. And then like about halfway into my degree, I looked at like 
what kind of jobs you could get. And it was like, well, you have to have your doctorates and it pays $13 an hour. And I was like, well, <laughs> birds are not that cool. <laughs> That's yeah. the thing about birds, not lucrative. Yeah. They're not <laughs> lucrative. a lot of money in birds, man. There's no money in birds these days. You know, there used to be back when America was great. When we were a proper country. When we were a proper country, you know, Eisenhower was president and, you know, there was a bird in every pot. You know, people were just trying to make like a reasonable income off of their bird. They weren't trying to take their bird and turn around and sell it to Comcast for like Absolutely. $50 million. You know, they just wanted to make a steady Bird mm -hmm. they, they, yeah and then all of a sudden uh you know all those uh what do you call those companies that come in and liquidate um private equity yeah mm -hmm. private equity mm -hmm. came in and they also just started pesticides right yeah and and stray cats apparently are you one of those bird people <laughs> who hates cat people no i'm a cat person for sure um oh dude that's crazy yeah no there's, that's got to be hard I don't own any birds. I think that um, I just I couldn't stand I couldn't stand to see a like a, I love a caged bird. Oh man, I just yeah. I feel so bad. And there's like rescues and stuff that do good work. Of course, people adopt them or whatever. But it's just like the industry kind of bums me out. Yeah, 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 yeah. I mean, birds gotta fly. Everybody birds gotta fly. fly honestly, it's like their whole. That's like their whole thing. It's their whole thing mm -hmm. gotta fly. That's like what they do. That's in fact. I actually speaking of respecting birds, I don't respect birds that don't fly. Mm -hmm. I feel like those are fake ass birds. Mm -hmm. uh, uh, penguins, penguins. Mm -hmm. uh, chicken. Now, ostriches. Did ostrich. Did chicken used to fly? Mr. Bird, respect her. Did chicken <laughs> used to fly? I told you I didn't study birds, dog. I don't know shit about chicken. Oh, okay. I thought maybe you, but you just are, respect them. There are some no, I just chicken think breeds neat. that fly. I knew, I knew that. Mm. Yeah. Some chicken fly. Anyways, but uh, this is a wire. This is a, the wire podcast. <laughs> Caleb, do you like the wire? Yeah, I like the wire. I think it's all right. It's it's a neat show. Sick. Yeah, me too, man. <laughs> so that's, that's why I was like, let's start a wire podcast. <laughs> yeah, like you, you kind of like it, but not enough to start a podcast. But you do it anyway, just because of inertia. Yeah, no, sure. for sure. Yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. That's that's Vince. Vince is uh, just like, well. I'm not doing I'm not doing anything else. All right, Matt, let's yeah. let's go on this journey. No, together. I love the wire. How dare no, you? No, you do. You'd yeah. love it more, I think, than uh than the Sopranos, which I think we've you know, we started this podcast mm -hmm. off just talking about the Sopranos, and then that ended. And we were like, the wire might actually be better. Did have you seen the Sopranos? Me? Yeah. Oh yeah, I've seen the Sopranos like fifty times, man. I was hoping to get on when you guys were still doing the Sopranos. I oh. I'm sitting next to my bookcase and I've got like three or four books on the Sopranos, but wire also, I, I don't know that I agree that it's better, but it's like right in that it's right there. I think. Yeah. Like, yeah. Like a Beatles beach boys situation, like 62, totally. 66, 72 beach boys versus the Beatles. It's like a, you know, it's hard. It's, it's a real it's, Sophie's choice. It really is. Yeah. You got to kill one of them kids. Um, <laughs> Mike love. That's the one. Dude. Mm. Mike he's, love. One of these always kill in the F Mary kill of beach dude. boys. Every oh, I am. No, I'm fucking him. <laughs> okay. I'm I love his, Mike his love. album, uh, Mike Love, Not War. That is such a good <laughs> album name, dude. <laughs> That's so, the, yeah, respect the, to that. The only good lyrics he ever wrote in his fucking life. <laughs> and I guarantee you he didn't write it. It was... Yeah. Uh, yeah, it was definitely not him. But he just uh, sued the right people. He sued his way into making like fifteen shitty albums, basically. Oh yeah, After and like keeping boys. the Beach Boys name, and they yeah. still tour with like. At one point, they 
had some sort of reconciliation with Brian Wilson, like recently yeah. in the last like five years. And then, like maybe a year into the tour, he got fired. <laughs> they <laughs> they keep firing Brian Wilson from the Beach Boys. It just he writes not. all of it. Like it's so <laughs> it's funny. Like, he's the only reason that there's uh the Beach Boys. Yeah. Yes, I mean, you may have funny. made all of this tragic, but yeah. But uh, you're not very reliable. We've noticed. So <laughs> he's literally the only alive Wilson, and they're yeah. like, we can't. You know, this guy yeah, he shows dog. up. He's drooling. He's got his weird T-Rex arms. Not really singing so good. But uh, you know, he's the he's the whole band, you know. Uh, anyways, this is but this is not a podcast about the Beach Boys, although Pod Yourself a Beach Boys coming to you 2035. There you go. Um I'll be back no, for that one. Hell yeah. No, this is a The Wire podcast, and we cannot start the Wire podcast without first playing the theme song pod 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 podcast pod podcast the irish Pod. Season three. All right, ladies and gentlemen and everyone else. Once again, today we're going to be talking about from season three of The Wire, episode five, Straight and True. Now, this episode came out October 17th, 2004. Vince, can you break us off a little piece of that synopsis that I did not write down, yeah. so I need I'll you just, to make it up? I'll freestyle this one. Hell yeah. Uh, Bubs has a t-shirt idea, Dennis has a hangover, Bunny's fed up, and Jimmy is getting bored. That's it. That was pretty good. Yeah. That was you, pretty good, actually. I kind of hate that you're... you like Because I like... You know, when I am try to... I sit there, the cursor's blinking at me. I'm like, what, what happened? And it was like... First, and I'm like, no, you can't start with first. That's not, <laughs> that's not how a synopsis works. The uh, word should, Webster's Dictionary defines synopsis <laughs> as noun. <laughs> thing that you say, describe other thing. Thing you say for descript. Um, but uh, Vince. Yes. What was happening at the time that this episode came out? Like, how did yeah, it come to be? Yeah. How do we? How did it happen? See, I think what you're trying to say, Matt, is that mm -hmm. you know, before we discuss art, mm -hmm. uh, we can't do it divorced from its cultural context. Yeah, we have to put some of that cultural context back in, which we like to do with a little thing we like to call the back in the day machine. It's a bad time for newspapers. The news hole is shrinking as advertising dollars continue to decline. There ain't no back in the day machine tells the tale, son. Mm. All right. We're going to go. Uh, we're all, well, first, we're going all the way back to October 17th, 2004. Mm -hmm. So just get yourself in the October Situated. 2004 mindset. Yeah. I'm in um, college. That's mm -hmm. it's it's uh, it's my first year. And I'm like fucking ready to fuck. Mm -hmm. right. It's been it's been twelve minutes since I can say that uh, like fuck you okay. sucking stuff now. No, no, I didn't say now. anything. Uh -uh, no, uh, I know you. So just to uh, lay the groundwork, uh, here's this from the New York Post: W storms to six point lead, regains foothold after regains foothold over Kerry after debate. 
That's fucking crazy. I President don't remember Bush. that debate at all. And I don't either. You're telling me I remember he won? some controversy over Swift Boat stuff, I think. There was yeah. um uh Kerry was hitting Bush hard on the flu vaccine shortage, which you know, paid some dividends. Uh, that That's was what he things. was hitting him on? That was one of the things. President Ugh. Bush has surged to a six-point lead over John Kerry, the largest edge the president has enjoyed since his much-maligned performance in the first debate. And he loves likely. to edge. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Sex stuff. Fueled largely by a solid advantage among women, Bush leads Kerry 50% to 44%, the Newsweek poll found. After squandering an 11-point lead during the first debate, Bush managed to regain his footing in the final two head-to-head showdowns, according to the survey. I'm sorry, did it say fueled by a solid advantage amongst women? That's right, yeah, they love... uh, Ladies love GWB. LL Cool W. Damn, imagine being John Kerry and be like, well, women don't like you, they don't... You're like you suck, dude. You have no game, no risk. That, that <laughs> yeah. fucking yeah. You sucks. can't raise up anybody, dude. <laughs> that is so insane. Like Livy would laugh at your rizzing attempts. You will never be the president nor the drip king, John Kerry. Yeah, you won't even be Baby Gronk. <laughs> you're so specific. <laughs> oh, and I, I love that. Remember these... much about John Kerry? His head was kind of shaped like a screw. I remember that. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. He has an odd a shaped head. Mm-hmm. He's got that. Uh, he's got that Massachusetts weird face thing going on. Yeah, he's got kind of like a catcher's mitt for a face, yeah. and uh, he is married to the <laughs> a ketchup heiress, mm-hmm. which mm-hmm. Um, I think we all found relatable. That being said, if he ran tomorrow. I'd vote for his ass in a heartbeat. Oh, yeah. You know, I mean, if that was the choice. There's not a lot of great choices out there. There's no right choice. now is what I'm saying. Um, other headlines. This one, I just really liked the headline because this mm. is just like a solid banger of a New York Post headline. Cheney sis jumps into lesbian fray. Oh, I saw. I oh, watched boy. that on Pornhub. <laughs> Remember when there was a lesbian Cheney? Uh, Isn't there Cheney- still? Yeah, there is, but we don't talk about her anymore. Yeah. Add Mary Cheney's sister's name to a growing list of Cheney family members angry with Senator John Kerry for bringing up Mary and her sexuality at last week's debate in Arizona. (laughs) Appearing on Good Morning America alongside first daughter hopeful Vanessa Carey, Liz Cheney, a married mother of four, said an apology from the Democratic nominee would be appropriate. Uh, But Carey's daughter defended her dad's comment and noted that Mary Cheney's sexual preference is a matter of record. Yeah, she's like, no, 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 he likes lesbians. Mm-hmm. <laughs> he loves it when they do all the, you know, lesby stuff. You know, he supports that. Do we know what he, what Carrie actually said? Was he? Yeah, like, I'm interested in in what he. he probably I just, just like vaguely remember. Remember, this. he he has a gay daughter. I, not that there's yeah, anything yeah, yeah. wrong with that. But yeah. I know he said <laughs> something like, uh, "I, uh, you know, I support all, all Americans, including you know lesbians, uh, like yeah. the like the vice president's daughter, Mary." Yeah, but, yeah, no. Just yeah, reminding he, you that she exists for no particular reason. You know, I just uh, letting you know that I support um, all sinners, including the vice president's daughter. <laughs> no, but I mean, I'm no, sure he was. We're in the 2000s, man. It yeah. was like, we support you. Uh, you're going to hell, but it's your choice. And we support right. that. Yeah, it's go- it was like the Democratic line on gay rights was like, listen, you're going to hell anyways. You might as we might as well be polite to you while we deny you the right to marry. 
and uh <laughs> yeah dude yes and uh, the republicans were just like they're going to hell hell should be on earth that was pretty much it i remember when obama was like against gay marriage <laughs> mm-hmm. uh and i was just it's just uh you know hey signs of the times the good thing is is the arc of progress always moves bends, fo- towards, bends towards, towards justice <laughs> And oh, okay, uh, sorry, that's you different. No, yeah, you're confusing it. Mm-hmm. Uh, and uh, now, of course, everyone is cool with uh, hey, the LGBT fucking rocks now. Fucking ro- yeah, and there's no issues. Everyone is chill. There is no going backwards like a motherfucker. Yeah, um, we always I always like to finish these off with a nice trend piece because I feel Ooh. like you can't get more cultural context than a nice little trend piece. Absolutely. Uh, this yeah. one comes from the Oakland Tribune. Uh, and it is called The Dawn of the Emo Man. Oh, hell yeah. Let's go. Let's yeah, go. Yes. Yeah. Faster than a rolling O when it tums, comes time to commit. Stronger than silent E is his love for his girlfriend. Able to leap capital T in a single bound, if only she were to ask. It's what? not a word or a plan, and it's not Letterman. It's Emo Man. This is... <laughs> yeah. The logical evolution of the metrosexual, Emo Man is the newest breed of the male species. He's hetero. He's masculine. He can even be incredibly adorable. But more than anything, he's deeply in touch with his emotions, and he's everywhere. (laughs) I feel like they they are missing... A very There's no important... mention of gaslighting in there. Right. There's a very important component of the emo man, which is that uh, it's all manipulation mm. so that they no. can fuck. This is before. This is when we only took the F-boy at his word. That's right. Yeah, mm. this is before we learned. The next generation of the metrosexual is emo man, says Skylar Brown, director of trend spotting for the New York ad agency Euro RSCG Worldwide. Uh-huh. He doesn't have the vanity of the metrosexual necessarily, and his characteristics don't tend towards the material. It's more about wearing his heart on his sleeve and being the wounded artist type. God, this art, this fucking like whoever they're <laughs> quoting is about to get their heart broken in like a week. <laughs> He's actually like kind of fucking perfect, and I just love a guy who's not afraid to cry when I won't fuck him, and then I give in. <laughs> so insane in fact emo man is so wounded most of the women we talked to about them didn't want to be identified for fear of hurting their emo man's feelings yeah this sounds normal and good (laughs) this is definitely normal relish cool relish very healthy (laughs) yes it's that bad take don peabody not her real name a 29 year old bay area journalist Peabody dated a guy who she always says always put her first. His mantra was, time together is the most important thing in a relationship. Yeah, that's a, the two- such a long mantra. <laughs> <laughs> he was like MySpace DMing her best friend. Yeah, 100%. Out. Like on his whatever, the, the T-Mobile sidekick or whatever. <laughs> when the two first started dating, they had long discussions about how she was spending too much time with her best girlfriend. Yeah. And then it, and then it yeah. got worse. Told you. He would, he would buy clothes for her, quickly learning her dimensions, shoe size, and even bra size. He insisted on cooking together most nights. He got two cats for them. 
He started setting his watch alarm to alert her to the proper time to take her birth control pill. I'm just trying to help, babe. That's why I put the locks on the outside of the door, but not the inside. He'll, he'll do that, but he won't wear a condom. Yeah. yeah. No, dude. Condoms. Ugh, too listen, much work. You can't really fully express yourself like sexually, emotionally, physically, spiritually when you don't I let the cum cum drip inside. Without it, babe. This yeah. is about time together. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> After two years of feeling like a wonderfully primed princess, oh, sorry, a wonderfully wonderfully pampered princess, I started dreaming about manly men, says Peabody. You know, guys from the Midwest who watch sports and fix stuff. I began to resent him for not having hobbies and interests outside of me. In other words, I wanted a man with a backbone. Yeah. Most women can't tolerate an emo man for long. Women who encounter emo men are quick to give them the heave-ho, even though they have qualities they've always said they wanted in a man. Yeah, yeah. It's like, you know, this is the plight of the emo man. Just like we're always friend zoned, you know, no matter how many times we literally beg you and beg. <laughs> That's just what I get beg. for being nice. That's what I get for being nice. You know, I get to have a three year long relationship with this lady where I make her tattoo my name right on her pussy. <laughs> and now she's leaving. And guess what? I'm going full Joker makeup. Uh, we got some pop culture um, screen grabs in this article. Uh, oh. One of them is uh, Emo Pays Off. Zach Braff's Andrew, La- Andrew Largeman character in Garden State is a classic emo man. But hey, it helps him get Sam, Natalie Portman, his cool girlfriend. Oh, you I don't f- say. Okay. Yeah. So their their definition of emo is definitely not my definition of emo. They're just, I mean, yes, I guess I would have considered that character to be emo. But emo is very much tied into a uh, musical choice and lifestyle uh, as well as um, your like fashion choice, you know, we'll give you one last music. What's that? Oh, so the aesthetics were almost secondary to the music from from a hundred percent. Yeah. Yeah. That was like uh, the aesthetic was, you know, it was basically like uh, the emo scene kids. They didn't necessarily listen to emo music. They just uh, had to look just like safe enough to you yeah. know not Real show Tom Sandoval types you know exactly mm-hmm. exactly uh, let me give you one last uh, def- definition of emo from the article please a woman will call Nikki James a 38 year old prominent figure in San Francisco fashion circles okay uses up all her fingers and toes counting the number of emo man emo men she's had the displeasure to date one she even watched evolve before her very eyes changing from a metrosexual into an emo man. He morphed right in front of me, says James. First, he was all about taking care of himself. He'd go to retreats and yoga classes. He got into skincare. He got into eating well. Then he started getting into skincare for me and my eating habits. He'd be like, maybe you shouldn't eat that because it's not good for your skin. He totally Bro, turned emo. This is, they're just describing controlling manipulative men. <laughs> yes. Um, and I love it. It's actually, it's based. Yeah, that's correct. Ah, that's, that's right. Uh, wow. What a time to be alive. Yeah. So that's uh, that was the uh, back in the day machine. I so feel that's like the back of the day machine. properly situated in October 2004. Now we yes. discuss the episode. And and it actually segues perfectly into uh, my music choice for uh, this week's Balmer B story. Um, because around this time, 
a great band by the I name. I chime in with a maybe you shouldn't really eat that. <laughs> it's bad for your skin. <laughs> I, I put locks on the front fucking door. Uh, all right. <laughs> um, yeah, uh, a great band. They're not an emo band. I actually mm. don't even know. Maybe they're an emo. I'm not emo. sure. Hoobastank. Mm. This next song is by the band Hoobastank. Who think they're an emo, emo band, right? But that's only based on the name. But then you realize that the song, that the big song, was called "The Reason." Um, and uh, here's a little bit of that. You see what I did there? It's it's a free it's the free zone debut. Mm, I like the, it. Re, it's the reason is the name of the song. Anyways, this is finally the episode in which the free zone is open for business. You know, it's been uh, this is the fifth episode of the season. It's been building up to this point. They finally they finally by the end of this episode get it open and. Um, uh, it's very exciting, very exciting times. If you're a fiend in Baltimore, or if you're a uh, you know mid-level drug dealer or a hopper, uh, you know capitalism's finally working for you. Um, and uh, that's sort of what this episode's about. Uh, Vince, what did you think of this episode? Uh, this is a great episode. I mean, we're getting into. There was some throat clearing at the beginning. As there mm. always is in most uh, wire seasons, but now what do you mean like, by that throat clearing? Uh, like you can you can feel the major plot lines coming, but they're sort of treading water before they get to them oh, a little okay. bit. Like they're sort I of like, like oh, let's have fun before we get to what this uh, season is actually about. It's a good way of this, describing it. This episode very much gets into like the meat of the season three plot lines. Amsterdam sure. is finally going to work. Uh, we got Carcetti. He's like he's he's planning some shit. Uh, Dennis, he's out there doing Cuddy. what? De- sorry, cut. well you know his. I call him Dennis because he's. Can you not? Can you not dead name him? Thank you. you. No. <laughs> he prefers Cuddy. He will okay. go back to Dennis at some point. Spoiler alert! But for now, he prefers Cuddy. In fact, yeah. I think he told the Deacon that in this episode. Yeah. Uh, and my favorite plot line, of course, is uh, Stringer Bell getting the drug dealers Kiwanis Club uh, going, which I just. <laughs> I love that so much, dude. Like, yeah. so business good. majors even fuck up things for drug dealers. It's so good. Yes. That is so fucking funny. Oh, it's such a classic mistake for people. I mean, I, this is fresh in my mind because I just watched uh, The Flamin' Hot movie which oh no is about the fake inventor of flaming hot cheetos who like made this basically had like a a motivational speaking career based on like this story that he made up that he it's invented flaming hot cheetos which he didn't actually do it's by the guy right it's like well the memoir was yes the story isn't of a guy faking it the story is no that would have been a great movie (laughs) yes it's about a guy who claims uh in in it's his side of the story of how he yeah, it's, invented it's the flaming tr- hot cheeto it's his truth which is like a classic mistake that we make where uh we confuse like a capitalist's self-help story uh 
for an actual self-help story and not sure. an actual capitalist scheme. Like, right. Yeah, yeah. Stringer doesn't realize that most of the business advice he's gotten is actually just its own capitalist scheme to yes. make money selling business advice. He's like, no, this is a really good idea. I'm going to, I'm going to go put this into practice. That's really interesting. There is that it's very true. The level of like, um, uh, the, you can buy into capitalist like success propaganda to a point where you are not seeing it for what it is that it's mm -hmm. like no this is a way to trick you into buying some classes yeah it's uh, classic i mean and, how many of those you know, people selling trying to promise you that you're going to become a real estate right uh, millionaire or a real estate investor like do you think that's actually what's going to happen or do you think that they're just making money i was going to say i come from a construction background and watching stringer have to run through the hoops of like you know <laughs> corrupt permitting and uh, inspectors and stuff was so fucking funny like yes this is exactly what's happening you're learning that no matter what you do it's a scam and yes yeah yeah and uh you know i think it's it's great watching this sort of proto success win bro kind of like uh f really blossom and finding his own like to the point where they have this is the episode where we introduce the new day co-op which is his wonderful scheme to get all of the drug dealers together to all go in on the same package and you know almost like you know he kind of frames it as sort of like it's a drug dealer union um which it absolutely is not um and uh he they do it they have this meeting at the executive uh inn and this is <laughs> this is uh, uh and it says welcome new day co-op and then under that tomorrow's success stories start today like he's already got his marketing like ready for this to the point where he's like you know if this goes well we can expand this to like other businesses you know <laughs> not just drug dealers i mean yeah. this is to some extent how like the mafia mafia sure does things 100 percent. But, but just as in also early pro wrestling uh promoters <laughs> <laughs> but List just as just as in this story like John Gotti came along and he was just like, hey, you know, what's actually a better business plan if, is if I just like kill all the bosses and then right. become the boss myself like that. Yes. Actually, that actually works, too. Yes. Yes. And, uh, you know, that is uh, Gotti played by uh, Marlo uh, in this uh, season of The Wire. We will see that uh, this plan is not going so good. But while it's happening, I am fucking loving the new day co-op uh they i have a, a clip of the scene where they uh finally uh like commence it for the first time and they all agree to uh to go in on the same package all right then there it is but like we're gonna make more money together gotta say i'm proud of y'all for putting aside petty grievances and putting this thing together for a cold ass crew of gangsters, y'all carried it like Republicans and shit. Motherfucker, what is that? The Robert Rule say we gotta have minutes for a meeting, right? He's the minutes. Nigga, is you taking notes on a criminal fucking conspiracy? What the fuck is you thinking, man? Classic. I mean, I mean, you know it's a real business meeting when you got coffee urns and yes. pitchers of water. Yes, you got a coffee guy. I love it. It's like very 
it's very close to like any 12 step meeting I've been to as well. It's got the the same vibe, but uh, I mean, they use the same rooms, let's be honest. Um, but also, um, I don't know why he's getting on Shamrock's case about that. You know, you can't introduce Robert's rules of order to your drug crew and then get mad when the guy's following it to the T. You know what I mean? It's kind of fucked up. Um, he's working hard to try to, you know, create some decorum in yeah, the game. Yeah, it's tough. It's like sometimes you got to you got to personalize your emails. You can't just leave the like dear uh, insert person right. here. You have to change it to their name. Oh. And sometimes you forget that. And it's like, oh man, I would love to know what Stringer Bell's signature is on his email. <laughs> you know, the like little sign off some people yeah. have. <laughs> it's like some <laughs> quote, like, you know, uh, it's like nobody perfect because nobody's free or something like that. Or I like, it was like a stoic philosopher, like Marcus Aurelius or some bullshit. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. Yeah. It is absolutely just like Tony Montana. Like, so you can point your finger and say, there's the bad guy. <laughs> it's just, it just says, look, Pelican. That's his. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I would love to know what his fucking signature is. That, that would be amazing. Yeah. No, he's, uh, He's like really in this episode set himself up to um, kind of finally be able to back away from mm -hmm. the front facing side of the uh, drug, the drug game. He is becoming the bank, as they call it, um, you know, later when McNulty uh, decides that he is clean. Um, and uh, this is a great McNulty episode, too, because McNulty is like. He's stalking him for a good portion of the episode, and he finally, after like he's you turning know, into the to Herc and Carve, being like, "Oh my god, this is so boring." Yes, yes, he's like so bored because like this is for him. Um, this has been the only stable relationship that he has had in the last <laughs> few years. You know, like his wife fucking hates him. His kids are like, "You got to come to the open house, and we're not going to tell you about." You know, can't talk about Dennis dead. Yeah, I yeah, can't talk about him, but uh, he's uh, he's hitting the back walls. Just to let you know, Daddy. <laughs> um, and, uh, he's you know, not new. He's yeah, walls back there that you didn't even see. Yeah, exactly. You didn't even know there's rooms in there. there yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he got a whole addition back there. You had no idea. She got a you second round in the foyer. <laughs> uh, yeah, and uh, and so like Stringer for him is like this is if he doesn't have this, he doesn't have anything. So it's like you can see that he's like really struggling with the fact that this guy is getting his life together, and uh, or at least you know seemingly. And he finally confronts him uh, at the print shop, which is uh, just one of my favorite scenes uh, in the episode. Ah, fuck this bullshit already. Accent came out there. Officer, detective string. You remember? Bird trial. Uh -huh. Detective McNulty. You want something copied, man? Search warrant, court papers, anything I do to help, you know? I ain't seen you around the way. I'm not around the way no more. You want to find me? I'm right here. This and some real estate I'm working on is all. You know, more than enough to occupy me, really. See, where you living, man? Where am I living? 
Well, if you're thinking of coming downtown, I got some condos about to come on the line in eight months. <laughs> Loft apartments. Real nice. You disappoint me, String. I had such fucking hopes for us. Have a nice day, officer. Damn, man. Cooked his ass by calling him officer at the end again. Yeah, cooked his <laughs> well, ass. I didn't even catch that. Mm -hmm. And then also trying to sell him a condo. Yeah. Like <laughs> flexing on him a bit where he's like, hey, where are you living? You know, some fucking shithole. I mean, and again, I'm you, making buildings. <laughs> yeah, you have not you have not drunk the capitalism Kool-Aid until you start trying to offload real estate to people. Like just like <laughs> random. random yeah. people. <laughs> what is it about real estate in this country that is uh, attracts the most grifteriest grifters? Is it because they have been grifted or is it because they are just like, I know what this game is. It's uh, it's selling people uh, piles of, uh, you know, it's, empty Because it's very tracks. straightforward and it just, uh, and all it requires is the money to buy it in the first place. It's like, yeah, you buy a thing and you hold on to it for like three months and then you sell it for more. Amazing. Well, yeah. Line yeah. goes up. Yeah. Line goes up, dude. Exactly. I mean, it just, line go you know, um, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. I, 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 I don't know why Jimmy had the hardest time with his accent in that scene. I feel like his, his like English accent came out more times in that one scene than in, like, the rest of the series combined. It's when two British people get together who are pretending to be American. They can't help but like slowly yeah. devolve back. <laughs> oh, 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 Mr. Stringle Bell. And he's like, oh, yeah. No, if I wish, I yeah. <laughs> just do your, just be British. I would love to see them just There has say, to be a hand there to keep them from headbutting. Yeah, That's exactly. What people do when they get together. Yeah, yeah. They just fucking down a pint of lager and then they they fucking headbutt and argue about football teams. But I so know. I love, like, like I said, the Stringer Bell storyline in this episode by far my favorite. Mm -hmm. um, but the thing that I love most is that every time he talks to like the real estate guys. Uh, about this whole like redevelopment scheme. They keep telling him that he's going to make all this money, but no one ever explains how any of that's going to work. He's like, no, you're going to make your money like three, four times over. And he's yes. just like, cool. And yeah. kind of like, okay, but how? No, why dude, why is that going to happen? It's pimpage. It's just pimpage. It's like the perfect, like uh, watching Stringer get played by these guys is if reminds me i like rewatch the deuce and it reminds me of the relationship between like the pimps and the sex workers because you know they just kind of convince the sex workers like we're gonna take over the world together and they're like okay and then they go suck <laughs> some dick and that's essentially what like stringer is doing he doesn't know that he's being played and so for him, he's like, well, I, be I, I have to believe him because he has a nice car and a good suit. Yeah, you know, it's that, the same thing. Look at the, He's got the freshest polo I've seen in months. Exactly. Exactly. He's got, you know, it's like he's got a cane and he wears a cool hat. He the pimp is right. So I, I look at him as uh, just kind of being fooled by people who are master grifters. Because at the end of the day, it's like, you know uh he's a drug dealer he's a criminal and whatnot but he's he's not um 
he's not scamming anyone. Like he actually is giving people the drugs. You know what I mean? Like yeah. they're, they're, it's well, an honest, problem. it's an honest illegal business, you know? <laughs> Whereas like this is not an honest business. You know, this is uh, the, the whole fucking. And that's how he gets got is that he thinks that legitimate business uh, like is better somehow or has yeah. more legitimacy or, or like involves less uh like less, power politics yes like, exactly no, yeah he's like same. i'm i'm tired of dealing with all these crooks i'm gonna go into the development game <laughs> it's uh yeah. i mean you know shout out for trying but he picked a bad a bad thing um i also enjoy it, you know, like everybody's one bad seminar away from destroying their lives 100 percent, 100 percent. yeah oh dude i feel like i I'm just so glad that nobody told me about crypto <laughs> uh, like when I was just a little bit younger. You know what I mean? Like, I feel like someone could have convinced me like right out of high school where I was like, my dad's a libertarian and I'm a libertarian. And then, uh, you know, like. They've been like, if you're a libertarian, you're going to love this decentralized money. And I'll be like, yeah. yeah. And, you don't uh, need no bank telling you you need to store their money. Exactly. There. Yeah. Just take these fucking apes. And I'd have been like, yeah, apes is real money. Like very easily. I could have been tricked into it. Um, Do you think Stringer Bell would be a crypto guy? Yes. Like, would he be a web, would he be into Web3? Oh, my Web3 guy. God. Yes. 100%. He absolutely would be like, he would be at the fucking print shop being like, we're going to make some paper currency with this crypto. He would be printing out <laughs> apes and it'd be like, go the on the most... street, try to sell those apes. <laughs> Who do you think the, the the wire character that would be most into Web3 is? I mean, or I. Getty. Yeah. He, he would be in every Twitter space. Like the Prasensteins, <laughs> dude. <laughs> I think, I think it would be, I think it would be Herc. Like, I think I could see Herc getting mm. really into that, like, like getting an everything, an, getting an anime avatar, but not really understanding like the source material. Just sort yes, of, like, doing yes. It. <laughs> yeah. He'd be he'd be a late stage groiper who like just kind of likes that the frog is cool, <laughs> like. He's like the, the frog looks good. Hey, yeah, fight, he's a feels, cool, he's a cool looking good, frog. Yeah, yeah, he's like smoking weed. He's yeah, I don't know. He's fucking cool. <laughs> like he wouldn't understand. He's like I don't know why some people draw these frogs and they're fucking and stuff. I don't get it. But you know, I like the regular, you know, uh, original frog. Yeah, um, Herc. This guy tells I me I can use uh, multiple juice slurp juices on a single ape. <laughs> <laughs> and I believe him. Uh, yeah, for sure. I mean, uh, the idea of like a web three version of the wire where, I mean, just this is I like mean, all these shows that we watch to, yeah. Sorry, 20 yeah. years later that uh, you just, uh, you wonder who's going to be taken in. I'm I mean, sorry. I, go ahead. I, I, going back to season two, like Nikki Sabatka, I feel like is big time web three guy. Oh no. Ziggy. Ziggy is not and Nikki. I don't know. I think it's. I think Ziggy would like try and fuck it up somehow, but Nicky exactly. Be, That's yeah. why he's a Web three guy. <laughs> he knows about. He knows just enough about computers to get completely took. That's true. He is the computer guy. At yes. Point. Mm -hmm. Yes. Yeah. Yes. He he's trying to, you know, get a scam together to mine Ethereum, 
and uh you know and it's not going to work out and he's going to shoot you know Gleekus again um but yeah uh stringer is you know trying to stay as far away from the game as possible at least on the outside um and he's brought back into it in the scene with uh Bodie where like Hamsterdam at this point uh you know Bunny is pushing everyone into the free zone and um you know they have a meeting with all the middle managers and uh Bodie tells him about it and uh I love watching Stringer like put up this front that Bodie is just kind of tired of <laughs> um and uh, I have a scene of look today me Tucky little Mikey man we all a bunch of us got scooped up by the police shouldn't sell drugs. <laughs> All right, I'm out. Nah, see, they didn't take us to the station. They took us down to the bottom of Vincent Street where all the houses is boarded up. And they let us out. And then, on top of all of that, like, the whole while, they was being all, like, decent and shit. And you know that fucked me up. JD's gotta be like JD Williams gotta be one of the fucking best guys on this show. I fucking love Bodie and every scene he's in, he's just like fucking perfect. Uh um yeah, no, uh you know, like he is actively trying to stay away to the point where he is he meets with him at an abandoned dock. <laughs> you, <laughs> you shouldn't know? sell drugs. You, well, you shouldn't sell drugs. And it's like and Bodie's looking at him like Bro, I, can we not? Can <laughs> yeah. we not do this thing? He's like showing he doesn't have a wire. He's about to take his dick out, and he's like, "All right, all right, all right." You know, I'm paranoid, but I'm not gay. <laughs> um, and uh, yeah, no, and he tells him uh, all about uh, the weird shit that's going on in the western, and uh, we will tell everyone all about that. Oh, <laughs> hey. Brent Flyberg, you're muted. I'm muted, but yeah, before you get into all that fun stuff in the Western, we do need to take a break so that we can advertise for all sorts of like Web3 stuff that's really Absolutely. that our listeners are just going to love. Oh, they're, they're going to want to get it. on board now before it's too late. All right. Well, you heard the man. We got to take a quick commercial break to tell you about the new apes. <laughs> they're <laughs> this time. They're unstealable. So <laughs> stick around and we will be right back. Hey, Vince. Hey, Matt. As you know, Vince, I love old internet memes. Remember the early internet's obsession with Chuck Norris jokes? I do remember that. Here's one. When Chuck Norris went to college, he told his father, now you're the man of the house. <laughs> why Why do you bring this up? Well, I was thinking about those old memes, and I started thinking, I wonder what Chuck Norris is doing right now. What has he been up to? You know, I actually know the answer to that, Matt. Yeah, I recently saw a health video he made, and I was surprised. He's in his 80s, and he still seems to have energy and health. You know, I saw the very same video, Vince, and in it, he says he's even stronger, has more stamina, and plenty of energy left over for his grandkids since making one simple health change that helps his digestion and nutrition. That's almost too powerful to contemplate, but yes. uh, it's true. He says he still feels like he's in his 50s. Uh, his wife made the same change, and she's never felt better. She says she feels 10 years younger and has energy all day. Uh, I am way younger than them, and I have energy for about two hours a day. 
Uh, and the problem is, you know, that many of us do not include fruits and vegetables and other herbs that increase health and energy in our own diets. Chuck Norris made a special video that explains how he incorporated these things with one simple product. I love special videos, and you can watch it too by going to mymorningkick.com slash podyourself, and it may change your approach to your own health. Once again, that's M-Y-M-O-R-N-I-N-G-K-I-C-K.com slash podyourself, mymorningkick.com slash podyourself. Go there now and watch this very special Chuck Norris video. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for $2.49 a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today, or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. And we're back. Okay, let's talk about what's going on uh, at the Western. How did you like? Uh, how did you like this this storyline, Vince? You, you enjoy a little bit of Hamsterdam action. I mean, <clears throat> the whole thing of Hamsterdam is like you you want it to work. It's the big what if storyline of this season. You know, Bunny Colvin is having his office space moment where he decides not to care anymore right. uh and you know he tells he tells uh what's the big boss white ball rawls rawls yeah, yeah. yeah i wouldn't say i'm missing it rawls and then he sort of <laughs> you know he's like i'm gonna legalize drugs and uh yeah it's like obviously you're rooting for the whole hamsterdam plan to succeed because it's like a paradigm shifting moment and you're like okay well what's gonna happen now yeah. Yeah. Caleb, are you rooting for Amsterdam or do you think that drugs are bad? Uh, I do think that drugs are bad. I, I like that wow. this episode is almost kind of important specifically because like thematically, the whole concept is everybody's trying to make a, a play for going straight. Right. And that's mm-hmm. what's the name? The straight and true, I think is the name. Yeah. Of the yeah. Yeah. It's like thematically, like this is the episode in a way of the season where like now all the cards are on the table. You see everybody's trying to do their, I mean, it's little things too. It's not just Amsterdam. It's, it's uh bubbles and, and Johnny bubbles is trying to do his CI stuff and make his money going straight that way. Everybody's kind of got their own, like how they're trying to go straight kind of thing. Yeah, exactly. So yeah, man, I think it's good. It's, when, when I had to think about what I was going to say when you, when we switched episodes, cause we had to reschedule. Sorry again about that guys. All um, good in hood dude. <laughs> but yeah, it was like, okay, well, this is actually a really good episode for that reason specifically because it sets up the entire rest of the season. Yeah. Yeah, I right. know for sure. And you know, like the wire, the knocks on it are that it's sort of bleak and hopeless, which it can be. And I, I think this plot line is uh, it very much sort of undercuts that because it right. injects a necessary like feeling of 
hope or uh, mm. feeling of hope or just like acknowledges possibility, which is yes. a, a good thing for fiction to do in general. Um, but it's also very, you know, it's still the wire. It's still very realistic and it's very re- realistic specifically to how um, political uh, attempts at change usually work, which is that they, someone tries like a quarter measure uh, mm-hmm. and then and then everybody's like, Ah, uh, we tried that for a couple of days, boss, and it yeah. turns out, you know, uh, didn't work yeah. out so well. So I guess we're, we're just gonna have to go back to the old way. That's really fun for us, dude. That literally, the the bunny storyline opens up with him surrounded by all of his goons, and you know, and they're all like, "Hey, listen, boss, we tried. We talked to all of the literal children who sell drugs. <laughs> we uh, took we them to told- the school, which they we love. took them to the school. They, you know, they were booing, they were shitting their pants, they were pissing in each other's face. And you can't control these guys, you know. I tried it- to tell the dog to pee outside, but he he crapped on the rug. So I guess I got no choice uh, but yeah. to hit it with a stick now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And he's like, well, what do you suggest we do? Um, uh, like a, a modified beat the shit out of children tactic, <laughs> you know, it's like, uh, it's like the tactic we usually do, but we'll modify it a little bit to make it hurt double. <laughs> Have I, we I tried actually hammered a couple nails more? into my nightstick just to make <laughs> yeah, it exactly, scratch more. Exactly. Um, I, uh, all the cops here, we've all committed to putting a razor blade in our gums <laughs> and taking it out just to slice faces. So, uh, we never tried it before. Um, yeah, and he calls them out. He goes, y'all, a bunch of lying pieces of shit, basically, mm-hmm. uh, because he knows that, like, they have barely tried. Like, and and Bunny has done the most work here in terms of, like, he's actually, like, found the place that has will have the less, least amount of collateral damage uh, because he's found, a, you know, a bunch of, like, boarded up row houses where he's like, this is a perfect place to put a drug market. Um, so... At a meeting, at the, you know, now daily Comstat meeting that they go to where everyone just receives an ass pounding from Rawls and Burrell, um, as he is... uh, Which is a classic management solution. Mm -hmm. Uh, There's a problem. We got to have more meetings uh, to discuss the numbers that I have. Yes, all hands meetings. Yeah, no, I, I I love a good meeting of middle managers run by people who... uh, think that you know again if i just hit them harder mm-hmm. it'll work um and on the one hand middle managers do deserve abuse let's oh, get 100 uh, out in the open but yes. yeah i mean we're, if we're talking efficacy maybe that's not the, the, not, yeah. not the way to go no it's not effective but it's cathartic and i think that rawls and, and burrell know this um but uh yeah so as they're watching you know some poor schmuck get shit on by rawls uh the uh you know bunny second whose name is the real jay landsman as far as i know i don't know the name of <laughs> his actual character but the guy who's actually jay landsman um you know makes a comment about shit rolling downhill and bunny has this epiphany shit where rose, he's, rose downhill it, you know, rose rose down the ocean you, no one can do that <laughs> accent the Baltimore accent. It's like you have to move the bottom of your mouth side to side while you're talking. Yeah, exactly. It's a yes. It's I like that. That was a good, it's a good way of doing it. Yeah, you're right. It is that. It's a That's horse where the horse eating peanut butter from in your mouth. There's That's like a, where the sounds come from. Mr. Edgar. I'm from Baltimore. I'm from Baltimore. You're right. I'm trying to say Baltimore. I'm from Baltimore. Wow. 
You guys cracked you, the code. You just cracked the fucking Baltimore <laughs> accent code. Holy fuck. All right. Good to know. So, <laughs> uh, so moving on. Yeah, uh, moving on. Uh, then, yeah, Bunny realizes they were talking to the wrong kids. Like, hey, you know, maybe we shouldn't, you know, speak to the children. Maybe we should speak to their, you know, the middle management people. And uh, he uh, decides that's what they're going to do. And I have a clip of that. Sergeant, I need a list of names of all the mid-level dealers running my corners. Sir? You are my DU sergeant, right? I need a list of names. Maybe narcotics downtown or something like that. I don't know. We're knocking heads, taking bodies. I didn't know I was supposed to be doing a census or nothing. <laughs> Listen, I just beat the shit out of the kids. I don't fucking <laughs> write down their names. I don't find <laughs> out stuff about the crimes they're doing. Yeah. Oh, you want what? You want me to like fucking, fucking do a podcast work? with them? <laughs> fucking learn? You want an interview? Fuck you. No, uh, Carv has no interest in this, and apparently no one in uh, the Baltimore Police Department does. And it's not until he uh, shows up at the old Marvel Cinematic Universe, the MCU, the Major Crimes Unit. Very good mm-hmm. joke. Mm-hmm. Uh, that he. It is uh, jarring when you hear MCU and then you're like, "What is fucking Iron Man going to be?" Dude, here? no, yeah, it's a new MCU. Well, it's the old MCU before the MCU was the MCU. You know, mm-hmm. before there was Iron Man. There was Daniels. Um, and uh, yeah, he goes there and he uh, fucking uh, actually is able to get a name of all the like mid-level dealers. And uh, we also realize that he and McNulty know each other because uh, he calls him Bushy Top. Now, I have some questions. <laughs> Bushy Top probably is a nickname about his hair, right? Mm-hmm. Or. Or. Go on. It's about how, like, he gives head. (laughs) (laughs) He used to have a beard. Mm. And so he would give you bushy top. Mm -hmm. Well, that's that's been our podcast, guys. Uh, No, I'm just kidding. (laughs) I don't, you know, hey, anyways, it's bushy top. You know, you you cannot enjoy a joke. and (laughs) I liked it. All right. Um, Yeah, so he goes and he actually does... (laughs) find out all the names uh and bushy top is a type of apple there we go yeah we're we're working together now (laughs) description medium-sized roundish to roundish conical skin green with stripes of red and darker red starting a cavity and completely covering sunny side wait that's an actual that's the name of it that's the apple yeah it's a bushy the bushy top apples look at that there was some trivia assigned to bushy top yeah here i thought it was about how mcnulty had a long beard (laughs) and would just choke on some dick um yeah so they get all the names he was pretty happy to see him he was yeah he was like looking at him smiling laughing just (laughs) bushy top (laughs) <laughs> he really had the look of someone who was just like, I remember being sucked off by Bushita. <laughs> um, yeah, and uh, so yeah, he um, he gets all the names, and then they get they they deliver all of the uh, drug dealing uh, PMC uh, pr- professional managerial criminals come together and uh, are told what the deal is, and it works. They actually get people to show up to Amsterdam. 
but they forget that um, they need some customers. And uh, I have a clip of that. Let's hear. This here the spot, because Tucky says you're supposed to set up shop here. Hmm? Amsterdam. Yeah, this is it. Set up anywhere inside where we got the white flags. I'm gonna roll out. You just got here. What's wrong? Ain't nobody around the bar. Man needs customers. I'm saying. Oh no. I mean, you can't make me. I'm a sworn fucking police officer. The the fact that Herc is just like, oh man, are you kidding me? Are you we're the good guys? You're we're, <laughs> you're gonna make me go and get fiends to come here and buy drugs when we should be out there beating them nearly to death <laughs> for doing nothing more than self-medicating. Yeah, Can no. I'll take a quick timeout digression here. I don't remember yeah. the guy's name, and I meant to look this up before I came on, and I apologize. The yeah. guy that's with them. What is that guy's? He has the worst fucking haircut I've ever seen in my life. Oh, like, you're talking I about? Say that's Dozerman. Yeah. No, no, no. Dozerman. It was the one uh, who got shot. Doze. This is Dozerman. Oh, you're right. Four yeah, yeah, big yeah. guys, <laughs> and they bust on my eyes. They eat my ass just like that's now. that's Dozerman. <laughs> You have that ready so fast. <laughs> yeah, I just got that. Well, you never know when you're going to need those. Sorry, it's actually, okay, and this is a good tie-in for my article that went up today. His name is Anthony Calicchio. Uh, mm. Must be related to a famous Top Chef judge uh, that I interviewed. That's that's your tie-in, is they both mm -hmm. have the same Italian last name. Yeah, I mean, It's listen. really funny that if you Google the wire cop with bad haircut, he is the first result. Yeah. <laughs> oh, okay, I'm going to Google that because, like, wait, you're, you're talking about the the big, the like the... the guy. The white supremacist looking motherfucker. Mm -hmm. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, yeah, that guy is. Uh, I mean, that. I don't know if he's ever. I don't know if he's an actor or not. Is he an actor? Because he's one of the. He's got the most cop face out of anyone on this show. <laughs> that and that includes some of the people who are actually cops. Um, yeah, I mean, he's, he is an actor. Oh, well, he does. He's got a great face for it. I'll tell you, he could be a. He could be a real cop if he wanted to. Um, I think he was in the military at one point. Yeah, there it is. That's Sorry. like I'm looking the, this up to confirm. I, yeah, I know I've looked this up subreddit. before. Everybody on the subreddit hates him, but nobody can remember his name. Yeah, right. His name's Benjamin Bush. Uh, he was born in December 1968 in Manhattan, and uh, he graduated Vassar College. Uh, yes. Uh, he joined the U.S. Marine Corps, where he served as active duty from 1992 to 1996. Oh, okay. Yeah. And then he became an actor. So, you know, he's got a, a nice little pedigree but from Vassar to the Marines. I want to read his memoir. Yeah. Yeah. That is kind of crazy. It's like theater, Marines, theater. Mm -hmm. Just back and forth. Um, but yeah, uh, I I love watching. Um, we see Santangelo return in uh, the scene where they're rounding up all of the uh, uh, the the drug addicts. And I it, like... The scene where Johnny gets picked up and then dropped Sorry, off. And one, the... one more biographical oh, go ahead. note because I can't resist. He's yes. the son of novelist Frederick Bush, who uh, published thirty uh, thir more than 30 novels. Oh, okay. Do I know them any good? Yeah, yeah. Do I know them? I mean, yeah. he's won uh, a lot of awards. He won a National Jewish Book Award in okay. 1985. Wait, is he... that. Yeah, I'm just saying. I was going the other way with that one. He's a Jewish Bush. Mm -hmm. Wow. 
I didn't know they had Jewish bushes. Yeah. I don't yeah. like that. Look at that. I don't like That's that one bit. Stereotyping. <laughs> I don't like it. Don't like it. He um, won a Penn Faulkner Award in 2000 for his book, The Night Inspector. Oh. Okay. Well, well I, I won a Penn 15 Award for... <laughs> I'm not finishing it. All right. Uh, <laughs> I don't need to. Uh, yeah. Uh, Johnny's reaction... Faulkner hardly knows. Sorry. <laughs> All right. <laughs> Johnny's reaction to him like going to Amsterdam and just being dropped off by the police in order to go buy drugs is kind of great because um, there is something about this as like a former fiend. Uh, this season really like sticks out to me as kind of like um, an amazing bit of fiction. Not that like, you know, open air drug markets and cities aren't a thing, but um, you know, the, the being delivered there by a cop who then recommends the WMD <laughs> because he hears it's the bomb. <laughs> and uh, like the idea of uh, actually like ha having that level of detente with the police where you just didn't have to worry as long as you were in this one place and you, you, you can buy there, you can use there and you really do not have to worry about the cops. Like that to me always stuck out as like, Fuck, that would be cool. It's uh, just like, mm, my God, just just being able to like be a junkie amongst junkies, you know, mm. to be like, hey, guys, we've chosen this life together here. And you know what? I'm pretty happy about it. You know, and then like falling asleep together. Mm -hmm. You guys non, like drugs? Non, yeah, sure. <laughs> they seem good. They seem fun. Dude, well, you know, opiates. Don't do them. They're too good. Um, yeah. So, uh, yeah. The, we'll see what happens with Amsterdam. Um, you know, at this point, I think we can all assume that the experiment is going to go well and it'll go statewide. Fantastic. Yes. And then uh, drugs will be legal soon in no the United States. Yeah. Not at all ominous that uh, uh, that scene is with Johnny getting dropped off in, in Amsterdam is like right after he and bubbles had their little scam and bubbles ominously decides to leave in an episode. Yes. around People going straight and the ones who don't go straight. Well, maybe, maybe only good things will happen to them is the message. Yes. Yeah, so only good things. Um, spe speaking of that, the cold open in this episode, because we, we do need to talk about it. Cause I, I did love, the conversation that Bubbles and Johnny are having about like, you know, hey, you know, is the merits of snitching, essentially. Like, is it snitching if you're, you know, doing it professionally? Um, and then is snitching more or less honorable than being just a regular fiend? Right. And, uh, like you know, he's, he's weighing it against doing petty crimes against uh, citizens, basically. <laughs> right. Yeah. And what I love about it is he's, uh, you know, he's like, you know, Johnny is not for it. He's just like, oh, man, you know, why? Why choose to be a snitch, man, when we can, like, make money the old fashioned way? And like his scaring people on ladders, his, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. his version of the old fashioned way is so fucking perfect. Cause you're just like, you know, you, you see that he's like got a, a ladder. He sees something and you're like, Oh, they're going to, I don't know how this is going to work. Maybe they're going to steal his wallet. But uh, I have a, a clip of that. Yo, mister. Yo, don't have your wallet. I'm addicted to that. What? No, no. Okay. Hey. Hey, leave that man alone. 
<laughs> just just a great plan just a fantastic mm -hmm. plan you have no uh, no you issues know. and I, you're like sure the guy on the ladder has cash with which to pay you a reward yeah oh yeah like the automatic assumption is like this guy's gonna come down and he's gonna be so grateful that he will self-rob <laughs> And give you the money. The he was literally just about to give you his whole wallet, but you you have to do it the honorable way. That's the thing. Johnny was an honorable man. He didn't want the whole wallet. He's yeah. Taste. And you know what? At the end of the day, he's like, I want to. I I want to work hard for the money. I want to do it uh, in a way that is a time honored tradition of fiends. You know, like threatening someone with violence <laughs> <laughs> and then manipulating them into thinking you've saved them. Just wandering around town looking is for ladders. Johnny emo. Yeah. yeah that's a great question is johnny emo johnny's i, I think mean he's more of a sigma male mm, okay well, what's the difference there i don't know man i only read the, <laughs> i only read the headlines of trend pieces <laughs> yeah. i only know that livy rizzed up baby gronk i don't know why <laughs> yeah. no baby uh, gronk rizzed up livy dude come on no, no. It was Livy rizzed up baby Gronk. I think it was. All right. We, Livy got we more can agree riz. that it was a mutual rizzing. I think everyone, sound off in the comments if you think that. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. So, Hamsterdam is starting. It's all well and good and fun. Um, and finally, uh, we'll talk a little bit about what's going on with Omar and bunk. There's not much in this episode, but there is a very important, uh, there's something thematically important going on. Like you were saying, Caleb, everyone's kind of like got this like straight and true thing where you're like, you know, are they going to go straight? Are they, you know, going to not go straight? And that kind of goes with Bunk's storyline a little bit throughout this whole season. He's on the lookout for this gun and he is simultaneously trying to do real police work. That's like his goal is finding out what the fuck happened with Tasha, this woman who got shot, um, you know, in the shootout that Omar was a part of. And yeah, he there's is a just... big reveal this episode. Yes, mm -hmm. there is. Um, and uh, yeah, and he's like trying to like actually do what the police are supposed to do, like solve crimes. And he's actively being hamstrung by his own police department, all on a mission which only has like political and symbolical purposes. Like there's no there's no real reason why they need to find this gun other than like, oh, but that's an officer's service weapon. <laughs> you know, like that is a, that's a special gun. <laughs> that's a patriot gun. That's good gun. That's gun against bat. That's a, a good gun. With a you know a good gun with a man versus a bad gun with a man you know it's that old phrase oh cops uh -huh. mate for life with their guns man you can't take that away <laughs> that's right yeah it's like they're like uh, they're like doves at one hundred percent and yeah so like watching him just being forced in the middle of an interview with uh, a witness to go do interviews with a bunch of like a bunch of convicts who are all pretending they know where Dozerman's gun is. It's just beautiful. I love it. But yes, there is a big reveal. And that's that. Uh, are you talking about how Kimmy knew that it was Omar's boyfriend who. Uh, yeah. Who shot Tasha. Yeah. Like they acknowledged the fact that it was Omar's boyfriend who shot her and not 
Because yeah. like you said, based on the other episodes, like it's very clear that he shot her, but no one acknowledges it out loud. And you're, it's hard to know whether that was on purpose at first or just, you know, it was, it was ambiguous. And yeah. now it's not anymore. Yeah. Yeah. No, it was, uh, it was the first time you see it. And I, I have a clip of that. You gonna help a what, boy? Might as well not even take a whistle if all I'm doing is standing in the fucking alley. That's where you belong. That way I ain't got to be worrying about getting my damn head blown off because you all scared and shit. Ain't enough. Y'all hear me? I said enough. Come on up and put some pumpkin balls in the shotgun, man. Kimmy. Both y'all learn to live with it or y'all out, man. I really do feel like uh, Omar, like, he, I think, has a good management style. You know, we see this show a lot of bad managers, you know, Stringer Bell, Rawls. But I think Omar is just like, hey, guys, let's not quibble. Quibble? Is that a word? Mm -hmm. Sure. That's a word. Let's not quibby about who killed who in the head. (laughs) Yeah. We got to move forward. We got to move forward as a company. It's not about <laughs> it's not about who invaded Iraq. Uh, yeah. It's you know we got to move forward and figure out what to do with all these insur- insurgents now. Exactly, exactly. And uh, you know it's like guys, you guys, you have to stop being in heated arguments. Okay, here, load some shells into the shotgun. <laughs> I'm not going to allow you to do armed robbery if you can't get over the fact that. He shot your best friend. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. It's time to grow up and buckle down. We have robberies to do. Rise and grind. Come on, guys. Yeah. This is, is setting uh, up a scene where Stringer Bell takes Omar aside and he's like, you know, we're not so different, you and I. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Did I kill your boyfriend? Yes. Mm-hmm. But we're both all about that grind. We're all about that grind. Exactly. You know, you got a code. I have uh, what's his name's rules of order. Robert's uh, rules of Robert order. Rules, yeah. Robert's rules of order. That's my code. And at the end of the day, what is that? Grind set mindset. That's all we're doing. Um, but yeah, so uh, yeah, it's good to know that that's happening. Um, meanwhile, uh, just to round up everything, the endings here, uh, storyline endings. Um, oh, I'm sorry. We for, we're forgetting something very important. Cuddy's entire fucking thing. Cuddy. Uh, what I love about Cuddy in this episode is you see him like make the choice like this is the life that I'm gonna do I'm not like he goes and takes a meeting with the deacon um, but as soon as his ex-girlfriend Grace isn't there he's just like um, I thought this would go different I thought my ex would be here and then I would kind of like <laughs> yeah. I'm doing this new emo thing show, yeah exactly <laughs> I would show her how much I care mm-hmm. uh, and maybe I would parlay that into being able to tell her what to eat and what to wear and uh, which friends she can hang out with. Yeah. And, uh, you know, put some locks on the outside of the door and, uh, (laughs) you know, I was getting her bra size ready. Uh, You know, shit was, uh, but you know, it's just you fuck this. I'm not doing it. So his job is in the Barksdale organization is to be kind of like, is to have two uh, idiot like apprentices in the enforcer business and um his storyline consists of them following around a high school girl 
<laughs> to see if she looks too rich. And uh, it is kind of brilliant because he is, um, he's actually like, he's got a point. Like the whole, the whole thing is like, is this like drug dealer stealing from them? And he's like, the only way to find out is if he's got a girlfriend who has a new chain, who's looking good and whatnot. So they're just following this girl, a high school girl. And um, at this point, you don't know how serious Cuddy is about mm. getting like back into the life. And, uh, and then we find out he is very serious. And I have a clip of that. Hey, stop, girlfriend. We need to talk for a minute. Yeah, sweet thing. We met before. Nah, baby, but that can happen. Uh, we ain't met. Excuse me. Hey, it's, it's just talk, baby. Get the fuck out the way. Hey, look, girl. All we need for you to do is talk it's just for five just minutes. Just don't, stupid. Hey, look, hold on, girl. We want to do it. Oh, God damn. Now we gonna talk. You ever listen to Panic at the Disco? <laughs> oh, man. That yeah. Was, I mean, and they're rightly shocked. They're like, whoa, we didn't uh, we didn't know we were playing prison rules. Yeah, it is uh, It is kind of wild that, like, even his two, you know, idiot apprentices are like, whoa, hey, uh, I don't think your mom raised you right, Cuddy. <laughs> I don't think uh, you know the rules about hitting women um and it's funny to see that in contrast to the scene after that in which they beat the drug dealer nearly to death yeah i mean this whole scene just underlines the fact that stringer bell he's gone to too many econ classes uh, (laughs) and he's got all these big plans but he's like neglected a very important part of running a business which is uh you know recruiting good employees yes and uh hr sucked yeah instead he's got these two idiots the disgusting brothers yeah (laughs) as as soon as avon gets out of prison he's like uh who the fuck did you hire yeah uh there are two uh actively high on cocaine people at my coming home party can you throw them into the sea there's actually three of them because there's a guy that follows them around playing a trombone you know <laughs> yeah, no, like it, it. What I found amazing about that scene where like Avon like kicks them out is that he could tell they were high from like two, three hundred feet away. Like <laughs> it was just spider sense, but for drugs only. Yeah, he's just like I smell fiends, and then he looks over and he sees the disgusting brothers, and he's just like, "Can you kick them the fuck out, please?" There's rules regarding highs and supplies here. Um but yeah, no, I mean, he's hired uh, the wrong people. And and Cuddy uh, shows a little bit of his humanity in this episode when they're beating the shit out of this guy. And he's like, hey, it's you know, humanity is just good business sense, which those other the disgusting brothers do not have. They're yes. only like, ooh, this is fun. Yeah. Bad I, training. Again, HR. Yeah, I uh, I agree. They're, Some they're of the it. Carve of the Barksdale organization. Uh, yes, yes. Uh, that is that's exactly what they are, <laughs> for sure. The little one is Herc, and the the big one is Carve. Um, but yeah, no, I I think it is humanity though, because like I, I think there's something like Cuddy. He's like, yes, he works for us. I think he's that is him coming up with a an excuse to have empathy. 
where it's just him, please yeah yeah it was like hey you know he's got to like he's got to show up to work on monday we got a busy day uh and they're like uh, no he's got to pay and he's watching them you know beat him nearly to death and he's just like uh this game this game kind of sucks um so yeah i that's what i think but i'm also basing that on uh what i know happens later right yeah yeah i think at this point it could have been it could go either way, way. Yeah. yeah um but uh yeah so the show ends with two endings um one regarding M- mcnulty and one regarding avon uh mcnulty lucks out in uh that kima's been following marlo this whole time uh and uh f- finally follows him to the point of seeing Marlo have a meeting with Stringer and gives uh, McNulty a little surprise like, hey, you know, your boy's back in town and, uh, you know, gets McNulty horny for life again. So he uses that horniness for life to go to his kid's open house uh, where he meets (laughs) Carcetti's ex-girlfriend, who's uh, Teresa Diagostino. Yeah, he he finally uh, comes face to face with the phenomenon of... uh, bougie women slumming it yes and yeah he doesn't realize what he's got yeah he, he, he's just like oh this is a normal woman that likes me for me and it's like no yeah no, he kind of got re- he got reverse mcnulty a little bit yeah here. he did yeah and uh doesn't yeah i feel so good mcnulty does it yeah yeah maybe you know change your ways emo man listen to some better music um but, uh, i have a clip of this so what do you do you should get dressed. I got a lot of work here. It's a long day for me tomorrow. I'll be really quiet. Never know, you might get bored working. I gotta work. You gotta go. Damn. So, uh, what is that rectangle that you make of the clickety clacks on, anyway? <laughs> yeah, is it got any games on there? Yeah, where do you get those uh, flat little TVs from, huh? <laughs> well, when you get done with that flat one, I got a round little tube, my dick. Like, he has never had his charms not work. Uh, mm. And then he runs, you know, into the fucking head of the DNC, Debbie Wasserman <laughs> D'Agostino. And uh, she is. That's how Jimmy D- McDonald discovered LinkedIn. Schlitz. <laughs> nice. What, what, what did you say, Caleb? That's how he discovered LinkedIn. Exactly. Yeah. He's just like, what's this? And he follows Stringer Bell on LinkedIn <laughs> every year. He's like, congratulate Stringer Bell on eight years with the Barksdale organization. Um, yeah. So like w- watching Jimmy get used for sex is uh, is a nice little bit of catharsis. I mean, you'd think he'd be smart enough to understand when it's happening, but he's clearly just like, nope, went right over his head. Didn't. Uh, yeah. Didn't understand. Couldn't you tell by the haircut? Use- and the power suit and the way that she's like, you know, sitting up in bed, typing at a rectangle that she is like an important person who's about to say, get the fuck out of here. Like she got her nut. 
She done with you. I mean, it's typical. Like Jimmy spent all this time sweating his ex, being like, "Ooh, what do I? I gotta prove to her that I'm a good guy." And it's like, no, all you had to do was flirt with another woman in front of her. Yeah, because that's just how women are. That's how women be. <laughs> Isn't that right, Caleb? It's true. Yeah, you heard it here first. <laughs> I'm sorry. I don't know what the buttons do. Uh, well, there's some I've, Barksdale boys that are about to show up. Yeah. <laughs> Fuck. Um, and then speaking of horny endings, uh, Stringer picks up Avon and uh, from prison. He's out and he ain't never yeah. going back. Throws him a welcome home party and everyone wants to talk business with him. And he's just like filled with cum. And I feel like this is the divide between Avon and Stringer, you know, like Stringer gets horny for business mm -hmm. and Avon is like a human being who like knows what he knows. He knows what he likes. He knows what he doesn't like. He knows he doesn't want the disgusting brothers to be doing cocaine at the party. And he knows he's filled with cum. So he's like being, you know, pitched. He's being pitched at for his, during his welcome home party. And, uh, and then Stringer, you know, shows up, shows him a nice little loft apartment he got him. He's like, I've been doing some real estate. I'm basically uh, Trump. And uh, <laughs> and then he does hook it up in the most Stringer way possible is he does business with two beautiful ladies and he, <laughs> and he uh, hires them to have sex with Avon. And, you know, uh, he negotiated a deal. Oh, you know, he did. Yeah. Mm -hmm. He's like, he look, usually your rate is this much, but what if I told you that you're going to be fucking Avon Barksdale, the head of a drug the organization? The Club of Baltimore. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> you ever heard of the New Day Co-op? It's where dreams come true. We're going to get you a Fez, a little car, <laughs> and you're going to get to drive out there on the front of the parade. <laughs> I love this very specific, like, what is it? Elks Lodge? It's yeah. Shriners. Shriners. <laughs> I uh, love. I, I wish we could bring back like the mid twentieth century clubs for men. Where it's yeah, like, what do you guys do? I think like, ah, well, we mostly we wear some silly hats. Uh, we drive little cars. Um, we and, do some uh, weird kind of sex games, like yeah. semi homoerotic, but like in a fun way. Um, well, we took that away, and the suicide rates have just gone catastrophic. Honestly, you know? now the, the only clubs that exist are like Proud Boys and different mm -hmm. like neo-Nazi reactionary clubs. So it's like it, for anyone who's like, I just want to be outside. We need a positive outlet for men's desire to wear silly hats and yes! dance with each other. Yes, yeah. exactly. We need a place for mostly white men to oh no i'm just kidding <laughs> uh no yeah it's uh it, you know uh, there are there no more elks clubs Is no that there are it's uh, just their their membership tends to skew over 60 geriatric yeah vince mm. i think it's time for us to create some sort there, of so my dad joined uh an elks club and there's like apparently part of the initiation thing where uh, you have to, it's like one of the, you know, it's one of the, like some super old, like oath you have to take. And one of the things oh, is no. like, you have to say that you believe in God. And my dad was like, I'm not doing that. And they're like, 
<laughs> and they're like, we don't care if you actually believe in God. You just have to like write like circle yes on this form. Like, he's just like, nah, I'm not doing that. It's like I don't. He's like, I don't believe in God, but I I believe in oaths. <laughs> yeah. And I'm not taking an oath that I can't stand behind. That fucking rocks. That, yeah, you know what? Good for him. I I love uh, sure. <laughs> Oh, I love an old guy who's sticking by his principles. Well, I guess I usually don't, but this is one principle that I I, I, I agree with. Um, yeah, no. Well, you know, at some point, if this podcast gets big enough, we will start our own men's only Elks Club, mm-hmm. you know, and it'll just be like uh, just a bunch of dudes hanging out. What kind of hats would we have, Vince? Uh whew. Um, this is I mean, important. I, Take your time. I like, think. I like the tassels on the on the fez. So you know what we need? Here's what we're gonna do. Okay. Have you ever seen those Australian hats with the little uh, corks that dangle from strings that are supposed to keep the flies off your face? I I've never, but I like it. Yeah, th- those are gonna be the hats. I'm googling it. Cork hat <laughs> Australia. That's the first thing that popped up. Oh yeah, I've seen those. Mm-hmm. I've seen those. Yeah, that's it. We got the hat down. Now we just need the rules of order. Number one. White no s- women. <laughs> this is why men can't have clubs. Because <laughs> they'll be like, what are the rules? All right, well, uh, you got to measure your skull in order to get in the skull. Uh, so, yeah, uh, horny Avon gets to fuck. And that's how the episode ends. Uh Favorite scene, least favorite scene, something we missed. Vince, Caleb? I didn't write one down this time. Oh, what let me think. I mean, we I have some little a little trivia. I wasn't gonna say it because I don't know if you guys knew this or not. Oh, Um, do it. The guy who plays the deacon. Yes. That helps Cuddy. That's actually uh, a real life guy that the um, what's his name? The um, Ed Burns, who was because he's a cop. He is actually the real life inspiration for uh, Avon Barksdale. And it's like a dude who actually served like 30 years for drugs. Yes. Wow. Yeah. That, so, you know, that I, cool. I've known that. Uh, and I don't think we have yet to talk about that on on the show. But yeah, that's right. He is uh, the deacon was uh, a real life uh like kingpin drug dealer and he is mm-hmm. he is avon he's the real life avon barksdale yeah. um yeah which is nice to know that like i don't know it's it's weird in one sense to think that like you know this guy at burns puts you away for 30 years and then when you get out he's like do you want a job a show do you yeah. want a job uh <laughs> where the main character or one of the main characters of the show is based on you and I am just raking in a fortune, (laughs) (laughs) you know? So it's it's like fucked up in that sense. But at the same time, it's also like, I don't know. It's kind of, uh, there's something about depersonalizing, um, the victimization of somebody (laughs) that you're just like, well, that's, he's like, listen, I was just doing my job putting you away for 30 years, you know? Well, it's sort of like when Buffalo Bill, uh, puts uh, some of the Native American tribes in his Wild West show. Yeah. And it's like, yeah, we know you guys can't roam the plains anymore because mm-hmm. we made you stop doing that. But uh, business. Yeah. If you want to throw some spears at me in this uh, show, make a few bucks, <laughs> let's do it. I'll, I'm going to be 100% real with you. For a while, I was like, what the fuck is he talking about? 
because I was thinking of Buffalo the other Bill. Buffalo Bill, yeah, from like, Silence <laughs> of the Lambs. Yeah, and I was like, I mean, I don't he made you put Indian. the lotion on your skin and everything. Yeah, but. <laughs> that's what I thought. It's like he's kind of nice. He's giving you lotion. He lets you pet the dog. And now he's like, what? What do you want to appear on my OnlyFans? Yeah, exactly. He's like, listen, I know that I called you a great big fat person, <laughs> and I'm Turns sorry. Out he's, for a really, that. Oh, he's a big audience for big fat people um, out there. I let you pet my moths. Um, yeah. Uh, no, so, you know, it's it's nice that the real Avon Barks here got to be on the show, and he plays a great character, um, although uh, I I would love to hear what he thinks about, because um, the character of the, the Deacon kind of has some, uh, some criticism of Hamsterdam that I don't share uh, later on this season. I would love to hear what he actually thinks about that, because... Mm. Um, I'm interested because uh, I feel like a lot with the drug dealers and the the idea of legalization kind of like it uh, goes two ways. One way is the uh, yeah, it'd be nice not to be fucking like victimized for like this business in which there's such a high demand that, you know, and we uh, we have been systemically uh, forced into positions of making this under the table money and, you know, and uh, uh, all that. And then also being like, but if it becomes legal. I know I will not be the head of the Barksdale organization. You know what I mean? So it's interesting. It's fucking academic, but I love it. <laughs> um, yeah. If I had to give this episode a letter grade, and I do, so I'll be plus. Vince, what would you give this episode? Yeah. I mean, this is one of the best episodes in our, uh, one of the best seasons. In the history of, the wire, of all media. Which makes it, yeah, one of the best episodes in the history of all media. That's right. Uh, therefore... Uh, I'm duty bound to give it a solid B plus. Oh my God, he admitted it, uh, Caleb. <laughs> what would you give well, this episode? I hated this episode. Couldn't stand. Uh, I, I watched it three times, but I hated every second of every time I watched it. Uh, B plus. All right. Okay. Well, it's mm-hmm. them going to average that out. That is solid B plus episode of The Wire and a solid mm-hmm. A plus episode of Pod Yourself The Wire. <laughs> Caleb, a.k.a. The Bird Respector. Thank you so much for coming on the podcast, bro. Sure. Thanks for having me, guys. Where can people find you on the internet? Uh, you can listen to my podcast, uh, Western Kabuki. You can follow us there at Western Kabuki. If you want to follow me, I don't know why you would. Don't do it. Uh, it's <laughs> just at Bird Respector. It's a very good Twitter account. I highly recommend Houston it. Houston gaffs and japes. Yes. And... Uh, you know, you did one of my favorite, one of my like favorite pranks of all time. Uh, you were selling, you were pretending to sell people. What was it? A PS five? No. Yeah, it's like kind of a gimmick I've had. I don't do it anymore because I just, you know, once it goes on Twitter, it's like kind of done. Yeah. Something I would do for fun is like every time there's a new system that comes out or there's a shortage of whatever, I would go on yeah. to like offer up or Craigslist or whatever and just be like, yeah, I'll buy that. Meet me here. And I would just get all every yes. time. I thought it was funny yes, to get all these assholes to meet at the same place at the same time and just watch them figure it out in real life. <laughs> I go on a patio and have a beer on a date or send them to my friend's work in the parking lot. While they're scalpers, you know. Yeah, they're trying to mm-hmm. Sell you a uh, a PSP at an eight thousand percent markup. Yes, and they, exactly. They all just have PSPs. They're going. Are mm-hmm. you gonna? That's that's beautiful. I love anti-capitalist pranks. So if you like those, uh, check out uh, Bird Respector on Twitter and check out Western Kabuki, another thank you. fantastic podcast. Caleb, thank you for coming on. Thank you so much, all right, guys. Take care. All right. 
patreon.com slash fraughtcast the eight dollar tier gets you a shout out and a nickname vince we have one two three four five six shout outs this week are you ready do you have mm-hmm. your name hat on? i have my nickname giving fez on Fe- i'm turning the tassel Tassels can be on the right until I give the nicknames, and then I'm going to switch it to the left side. Everyone can see you, dude. Oh, shut up. You can't do the bit when they can see you're lying. It's metaphorical. Okay. Uh, First is Lino Rodriguez Jr. Lino? (laughs) Definitely not fatso. We're going to call this guy Lean Cuisine. Ooh, I like that. Mm -hmm. Uh, Next is Eric Hoops. That can't be a real name, is it? Oops. I mean, reality Oop winners. Are real we call this guy the baller. Yeah, yeah, I like it. Uh, Carlos Chavez is next. Mm, C squared. Sick, 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 so sick. Alliterating everywhere. Um, and the next one paid us in NOK currency. Um, Norwegian? His name sounds Norwegian. Okay, yeah. I just had to look it up. You're right. It's Norwegian. So this is a Norwegian. Mm. Mm. So uh, it's Norwegian. Uh, Erling Finn Olsen. Mm-hmm. Is that how you do it, right? Erling yeah. Finn Olsen. <laughs> what do they, they do Erling over there? <laughs> 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 <Okay>. Erling Finn <laughs> That's how they talk. I mean, probably not you, but like. <laughs> what do they do over there in Norway? They got the mountains and uh, and the and the really strong tobacco. Uh, that they do like. they? I don't know anything about. It. I know Oslo is there. Hmm. I know that yeah, it we're is. We call this guy the Ocelot. Ooh, all right. I like yeah. it. I like Thanks it. For that you helped me out. No, yeah, they have. Uh, my brother-in-law used to buy the Norwegian snus, which is like mm. really strong. I use the Swedish kind sometimes, which is not quite as strong. Not as good as that, the Norwegian. The kind that he bought was like, keep it in your mouth for like, you know, five minutes and then you got to put it away. Otherwise, you're going to go night-night. Damn, that's fucking crazy. Mm. That is. I mean, I guess it's like, you know, it's it's uh, it's dark up there. They got lots of snow. Is that um, the girl with the dragon tattoo? Is that Norway? I thought that was Sweden. You know what's crazy? Is that it's like Norway, and then it's like Sweden, and then it's like Finland. What are they doing? Yeah. And then Denmark's like the little... Yeah. Little just be, I'm just saying, like, you guys all kind of turk like this. <laughs> Couldn't you all just be like Snowland? Mm. You know? All right. Next is Rob White. Rob White. That's my favorite hobby. Robbing whites. <laughs> um, I love to rob the whites. Patreon.com. <laughs> uh, yeah, we can call this guy uh, corn, Cornflake. Cornflake. Mm-hmm. Cornflake. Okay. And I don't know. No, yeah, he's white. Uh, and finally, Patrick Engel. Engel. Um, we're gonna call this guy straight line. He's angled, but I flipped it on him. You flipped it and you made it a straight line instead of an angle. That's how you gotta do. It's like how you know they call some guy big when they're small and they're small when they're big. Yep, exactly. 
All right. Those are your shout-outs for this week. If you want to get a shout-out, once again, that's patreon.com slash broadcast. And join the $8 tier if you have not heard your name yet. I mean, it's, we it's have 100% up. customer satisfaction. No one has ever been mad about their nicknames. Everyone's always like, well, worth it. Um, And, uh, you know, and if you're one of those people who's like, no, I don't want that. Well, you might want the bonus broadcast episode that we do every week-ish. So, patreon.com slash broadcast, $5 and up gets a bonus episode. Broadcast at gmail.com for all your questions, comments, and concerns. Vince, what is the Google Voice number? 415-275-0030. All right, everyone. Thanks again so much for listening. And until next time, good night. Fuck. And until next time, if you come at the king, you best not mess. District's corner cruise. Thank God for Jim McNulty and all those detectives in the MCU. We tell the Hoppers bosses where to slang and push them to Come up my age Been sitting
Mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.